What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 104.9 AM 1260 and HornFM.com with the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. Wake up, everybody! No more sleeping in bed. No more back to thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war and poverty. Oh, oh, oh. Wake up all the teachers, time to teach a new way. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better. Well, get them up. Get them going Monday on B&A. What a weekend it was. Rainy yesterday, but, uh, man, what a sports weekend it was uh, around the 40 acres, around the 5-1-2, and all over the sports landscape. Something for everybody. Texas baseball and softball with dominant weekends. Austin FC may have uh, completed a season-saving week on Saturday night. So the NBA playoffs are now uh, almost both going to sweeps, it looks like, after the dominant performance of the Heat last night. Brooks Kepka back at the top of the golf world. Major League Baseball looking good for the Rangers and Astros. We'll dive into all of that over the course of four hours of fun and conversation. A good, bad, and ugly Monday with uh, B&E. Appreciate you being there. What was good for you over the weekend that you did, saw, or watched? Also, uh, what wasn't so good and what was just downright ugly as we get you rolling on a Monday morning. Four hours begins right now. I appreciate you being there on 104.9, maybe 1019 FM, AM 1260. And you know we're always streaming for you. Make it easy to find us digitally on your Horn app, always on your smart speaker, and always, Mr. Godbolt, at hornfm.com. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so much for what you do. It is appreciated. Please be careful out there. It's going to be a nice day today. Next couple days, nice days in the 80s, mid-80s. Yeah, we got some good uh, soaking rain over the yes. weekend in most places, which was good. One of those, not, not flash flood type of rains. Just oh, no. Nice, uh, some places, nice drizzle for a couple rain. hours. Those are, and you are the green thumb. That's good mm-hmm. for your gardens and lawns and all those things. Plus, it was good to lay up and watch sports and uh, stay indoors a little bit yesterday. And while I take it all in, uh, you also brought a, uh, a new member of your family into the house. Yes, I have a new puppy, Lou. Lou! With us now. He is a another, uh, flea bit little mutt. Yeah, another great Pyrenees. Boy, is he a pretty dog, too. Got some fleas, though? Got some fleas. Came from a whole gang of outdoor, you know, herders. So and he's got some fleas. So I've got to either get him to the vet today or i got to do that whole bad Just get dunk. the pill. Just go to the vet and get the pill. Get the pill. So much easier. Trust me. Ty, how do you have Ty? I've, I've, I've dealt with this issue in the, in the past. You don't like dipping them? They, don't, they still dip them, though, right? You, I mean, yeah, you give them the bath to still for the immediate, but as soon as they take that pill, within 30 minutes, they'll be Yeah, I'm not them. real keen on I don't. I don't like a lot of shots for dogs, and I don't like a lot of pills. I mean, I got it's a like dog. like 10 bucks. 10 huh? bucks for the pill. No, I'm not talking about the, the money for it. Some of that stuff's not all that good. I well, mean, if, you if got you're some, trying to get fleas off in one time, I'm telling you, that's the that's Well, that's the, probably, that the, that's probably the long the stretch. Way. Yeah, but the dipping they do, I've always taken them. When I got those great Pyrenees, I take them in, and they dip them, and that's been it for them. 
Yeah. I'd yeah. probably just can't let them near your other dogs until oh, you get no, the. Oh uh, no, they can't. They can't <laughs> hang out. Uh uh-uh. yeah, keep them. Of course, they probably want to play with the little pup that's rolling in. But uh, that's a that's a great thing from a good, bad, and ugly weekend. That's it. That's it for me. That'll be it. Done. No more animals. Last. At my age, no more. I will not be. I will not be nursing dogs into my eighties. Unbelievable. No. Uh, Ty, what was good for you over the weekend? Your uh, your Denver Nuggets pick looking better and better. My defense of the L.A. Lakers looking uh, feeble at this point. Uh, Lakers uh, could be over tonight. Nuggets could advance. What was uh, good for you? Yeah, I got to say, I, I could be wrong on that one. Uh, it could be a four zero sweep, not four zero one, like I said. Yeah, so that was um, that was as as expected. Well, and as, as I've said, the Lakers haven't still haven't played a good game in this series. They didn't play good on Saturday night, but the Nuggets uh, far the superior team. Uh, they have been all year in the Western Conference. Meanwhile, over in the East, it's the Heat as an eighth seed uh, rolling through the Eastern Conference Finals. And, uh, geez, Louise, the Boston Celtics in free fall and collapse at this point. We'll certainly talk NBA. Uh, the golf out of Rochester was tremendous. Brooks Kepka, really, really good. I'll say what was great for me. I was uh, down in San Antonio on Saturday, Buck, for uh, got to be a part of the Special Olympics. Oh, um, Awesome. Uh, my wife is a special services coordinator in in Hayes in uh, Dripping Springs, so she was down there with a bunch of her students, and uh, it was just great to be a part of that. You know, youngsters, mm-hmm. how about this? And adults, I didn't realize this until I was down there over the weekend. Uh, participants are between eight and ninety nine. You can always participate in the Special Olympics. It was just really neat to see those folks out there competing in their track and field and giving their best. It was uh, really, really a great uh, way uh, my, to spend a Saturday. My brother has Down syndrome, and over last weekend, we decided, we, I was talking with him, and he started taking jujitsu. Like nice. Oh, really? Ago. Cool. And I was like, you should you should go for the gold in the Special Olympics. There you go. So I looked it up. We, we're going we're gonna to be in some tournaments there next you go. year, so look out for Jackson. Talk about some young athletes and uh, older athletes that like to compete and get after it. That was a lot of fun uh, down in San Antonio on Saturday. So, well, we'll take what was good for you, what was bad, and what was ugly. Let's uh, start with uh, the headlines, including a great weekend uh, for Texas baseball and softball. UBO Business Services start over at Dish Falk Field. And as we said, what a great weekend on the 40 acres. Longhorn baseball team completed a dominant sweep of West Virginia on Saturday with a 7-3 to win. They take the Big 12 regular season championship. They'll call it a share, but uh, they're going to be the one seed at the Big 12 tournament. Texas had to take all three games to raise the trophy, and boy, did they. David Pierce's hard-charging horns outscored the Mountaineers 29-9 to in the series. They will be the top overall seed at this week's Big 12 tournament in Arlington. I'm just so proud, proud of our team, and just they never listened to the distractions, never gave in, and uh, they just played so hard for each other. I mean, we kind of went from the impossible to the improbable to the champions, and that's a, that's a great feeling for our team. Certainly was. Uh, peaking at the right time, it appears. Texas will play in the Big 12 tournament Wednesday afternoon. They're opponent to be determined. Across the street at McCombs Field yesterday, Texas softball finished off a three-game sweep of the Austin Regional. Eighth-ranked Longhorns rolled past Seton Hall on Friday and then posted back-to-back wins over Texas A&M on Saturday and again yesterday over the Aggies to advance to the Super Regional round of the NCAA Tournament. Texas will head to Knoxville to face fourth-ranked Tennessee and the Supers. That'll start on Friday. Austin FC wrapped up what may have been a season-saving week on Saturday night with a dramatic 1-0 win over Toronto FC. Yazid Zardis uh, netted his second game-winning goal in as many matches with a strike in the 91st minute to give the Verde their second win this week after stumbling through an eight-game stretch that saw the club claim just four points. Austin have taken six points in four days with Saturday's road win with Saturday's win, and then their road win in Seattle on Wednesday. They're back into the uh, playoff mix in the Western Conference. No celebration at HEB Center at Cedar Park last night. Texas Stars unable to overcome a furious 
four-goal first period from the Milwaukee Admirals. Their season comes to an end with a 5-2 to two loss in Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals. Not a great day for their parent club either. The Dallas Stars also suffered a second straight overtime loss at Las Vegas in the Western Conference Finals of the Stanley Cup playoffs. In the NBA, both the Eastern and Western Conference Finals on the verge of four-game sweeps. After the Miami Heat destroyed the collapsing Celtics last night on South Beach, 128 to 102 in Game Three, the eight-seeded Heat are now 11 and three in these playoffs, one win away from clinching an improbable run to the NBA Finals. Denver Nuggets, meanwhile, are the top seed in the West, won't be improbable. They're also up three games to none and a win away from their first ever trip to the Finals. They can clinch that tonight with a win over the Lakers in Game Four in LA. In golf, four years removed from his last major championship. Brooks Kepka has once again risen to the top of the golf world. The 33-year-old followed up a beautiful 66 in the rain on Saturday with a rock-solid round of 67 yesterday in Rochester. He wins the PGA Championship at Oak Hill by two strokes over Victor Hovland and Scotty Scheffler. He now owns three PGA Championships to go with a pair of U.S. Open wins, a five-time major champion. In Major League Baseball, both the Rangers and Astros completed weekend sweeps yesterday. First place, Texas, Wall of Colorado, 13-3. Rangers outscored the Rockies 31-10 over the weekend. They moved to 12 games over 500. Second place, Houston, just two games back. They blanked Oakland 2-0 behind a complete game four-hitter from Framber Valdez. And in Round Rock, the uh, Express topped El Paso 5-4 to wrap up that long homestand. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. No, no doubt about Kepka when he's healthy. I mean, man, he's knocking the ball in the rough, knocking it long, and he was getting it to the greens. It was like, what rough? What are you talking about, Roth? So good. I mean, he's. I mean, it's such a, a, a an interesting storyline for golf with his move to the Live Tour and uh, uh, now coming back and healthy and uh, just you know we, we've seen it two so years ago. Times. You know, he couldn't bend over to look at his putts. He had to get you yeah, know squat down. The yeah. Well, he had the back injury, but he also had a knee injury. Knee, the he, knee was crushing him. Yeah, the knee. Of course, well, he his, his kneecap popped out of place, and he tried to pop it back in, mm-hmm. and it shattered. Think about shattering your kneecap. Uh, so he was down for a while, and as we talked about last week, that he almost can, could sense in his press conference last week that you know joining the Live Tour for him was more about you know he didn't know if he'd ever get healthy again, and the money was sitting there, and he took it. Uh, but he almost he misses being out competing with these guys head to head on a week by week basis on the PGA Tour. He probably doesn't miss the bank account, but he still showed when he's healthy. Uh, really has yeah, no you can peer. take everybody's bank when he's healthy. Yeah, he is so good. Uh, then as we talk about the tougher the course, the better he is. And the tough, I mean, that's 66 on Saturday in those conditions. That's that's Brooks Koepka in a nutshell. Uh, while everyone else was dealing with raindrops and umbrellas and you know slippery grips and those kind of things, Koepka just smooth and you know, he just there's no there's no his game is so locked in. And as we say, the the tougher the challenge, the better he gets. And the t- the tougher he gets, and uh, you know that's he t- he loves taking. Remember, remember back we was famous for saying that uh, you know when the field t- look half the field's already out because yeah can't before win they even here. start he said they, they can't, can't win here they can't beat me they can't win on this course it doesn't matter they can't yeah. they can't beat anybody um, and then there's so I'm down down to about ten twelve that can compete and I feel like I can beat any of those guys when my game is right and uh, Brooks Koepka did it again yesterday how about when he comes out par birdie birdie birdie. And it's like okay, you know. I mean, there were he had a little slip with back-to-back bogeys, and Hovland got back into it. But man, you can just tell Kepka uh, locked in and uh, you know getting after it. And obviously, well, the great storyline of Michael Block, the PGA professional. Oh, that ace was incredible. A hole in one with playing with Rory. We'll play some sound from Michael Block coming up. What that was really the story of the weekend outside of Kepka winning it at Rochester. That guy's just a you know. 
he's teaching lessons for 125 bucks an hour at a at a public course out in California. Here he is, you know, on the final day on the leaderboard, a hole in one, and what a great character, what a great uh, ambassador for golf he was. Well, uh, that dude's a, talking about a grinder. He had to grind out a lot of par putts. He's a good player. Uh, yeah, well, he is. He is a good player, obviously. Yeah, but you can uh, go out to the, the golf course there and get a, get a lesson from him. He can teach you. 125 He'll be back bucks. next year, though. He will. He will. Yeah. Finished top 15. That par putt on 18 was huge. And he became, obviously, the fan favorite. And it's one of the great scenes you'll see. with uh, That ace, ace never hit the ground, did it? Did no. it go straight dead into the hole? Well, it put a big dent in the back of the cup, essentially. I mean, it kind of backboarded in. No one hopper, right? That That reaction was priceless because Rory saw it. And, you know, Michael Block did not. No. He, he didn't want to believe it. Yeah. And he looked at Rory and was like, did that go in? Did that, and Rory's like, oh, it went right in the hole. Boom. Dunk. And he's like, obviously, he starts to tear up and the crowd went crazy. That was uh, pretty awesome, uh, to say the least, yesterday. But uh, Brooks Kepka grounded it out and grinded it out. He has no peer at this point. Scotty Scheffler was in it. He just still has, has some trouble uh, with some putts. You know, the, 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 if you look where, where Scotty... Let this tournament get away. It was his front nine on Saturday mm-hmm. when the raindrops were coming. He had four bogeys in a seven-hole stretch to start Saturday, and that really was what it oh, was. He didn't have a lot of saves. And that was those four bogeys. They were just, you know, bogey, bogey, then bogey, bogey uh, over seven holes. And, uh, you know, that he could never make that up. He got to within a couple of strokes and was on the, on the the you know, in the mix late, but it was about Brooks Koepka. And once he got to 10 under and then Hoblin slid back to six, now, there wasn't much drama there at uh, the PGA Championship, but a great weekend in Rochester in golf. That was certainly a part of the good. We'll take your thoughts on it. We'll have a winner of our fantasy golf uh, contest um, when we get we get the uh, scores all tallied. Thanks to our friends at Callahan's General Store for helping power that. That was a lot of fun. Hopefully you kept up with your golfers all weekend. Uh, speaking of hearing some sound from some people over the course of the show this morning, how about the, the Texas baseball team? Uh, you know, we built it up all last week up to Thursday, what had to happen, what they needed to do. Um, you know, could they put three wins on the board? Well, not only could they put three wins on the board, Buck, they did it in uh, convincing just... Yeah, I mean, I don't know where this team fashion. goes from here, how far they can go, but I just know this. This is a group that kept getting better every game, not not by the week, but by the game. They just kept finding ways to, to win, and they did everything they needed to do to win a championship. They did. And, uh, you know, it, it's, I don't know, we've been doing this a long time, you and I, and uh, uh, covering Texas sports since the late 90s on this show. And I don't remember a team that started in one place and ended in another that improved oh, yeah. more than this one. They just kept grinding it out. And, you know, you had to anticipate there were, and this was seen to be a rebuilding year. Last year's team fell short of expectations, if you remember, with Ivan Melendez and you know, historically great offense and started the year preseason number one, the Tanner Witt injury and some other you know, variables. They didn't reach what they would have thought would have been the, the mountaintop there and win the College World Series. They got to Omaha, but uh, did not play well once they got there. But, man, they had... 19 new players on this team, yeah, and two they, new coaches. And, and they used their pitching staff all the way to the bitter end. Like they were trying to find out who's who. Sure, they're still defining roles. I, I guess they're still doing it now even. Well, I, and, and Tanner Witt. You know, Tanner Witt's a guy that we've watched rebuild. I mean, there's so many storylines coming out of this weekend. The offense is just ridiculous right now. Uh, the top seven is just, I mean, they, what a weekend they had putting runs on the board and playing with leads. And, you know, the Mountaineers had a, hit a, they, they had a lead. They had a home run in the first inning in the first game. Yep. And that was their only lead of the series. The Longhorns put four on the board in the first bottom of the first on Thursday, and uh, never looked back. They never trailed again in the series and uh, went at seven to three. But Tanner Witt, to your point of the pitching, you know he went out and threw three scoreless innings on Saturday. Uh, looked good. Uh, he's a guy that, that you can start to maybe lean on a little bit into this tournament and then the NCAA tournament. 
And uh, the Longhorns are 38 and 18. And a couple wins up here get to 40 wins. They're not out of the mix for hosting a regional uh, this this following weekend. And uh, they got to go do some damage, I think. But the four, the three wins over West Virginia, as resounding as they were in a, in a league year of, of parity in the Big 12 Conference and really around college baseball, the Longhorns very well could post themselves and put themselves in a hosting position. And who would have thought that even a couple of weeks ago? Mm. And certainly after they got swept by Oklahoma uh, at Dishfalk Field, but the Longhorns responded. They didn't lose a series from that point on. I think they went like thirteen and three uh, since that Oklahoma uh, sweep. And uh, you know they, they they and they went out and played like a team no one wants to play this weekend for sure uh, with the offense. And you'll hear some sound from some of the players coming up that it was the it was the loss uh, a week ago Friday night game to uh, San Jose State. It was actually the first game of a doubleheader. Remember they moved that up against San Jose State, the non-conference series. They lost getting that game six to four. And uh, I heard some of the players in the postgame celebration talking about they, you know, in the locker room, the players kind of took control of the situation. They were disappointed because that was a game against San Jose State. They were up four to two in the eighth inning. They lost the game six to four, and there were some hard words in the locker room. It sounded like that, man. We 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 cannot do this. We we want to be the team we want to be. You can't let games get away like that. You have to. We have to play with more of an edge. And boy, ever since then, remember they went out and just battered San Jose State the next yep. two games. Uh, and then this series here, I mean, 31 to, to, to what, 10? No, no, that was the Rangers. But the Longhorns outscored them 29-9, to nine, uh, never let them breathe. And we talked about West Virginia coming up knowing West Virginia just had to win one game to get the Big 12 championship outright, their first ever. And the more the innings went by, the more you could kind of see West Virginia. Yeah, the, you're talking about the, the gripping. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, the Longhorns just took it to them. That's how you... That's how you win baseball game and baseball series right there. And now they go to Arlington with a ton of confidence as the number one overall seed. And I still think David Pierce has to put the carrot out there. You guys, we can still host this thing at UFCU Dishfalk Field. Uh, we got to get a couple of wins on the board. Get yourself playing into the weekend. Get yourself over 40 wins for the year. And the other thing about the Big 12 tournament is those will be good RPI games, too, uh, to add to your resume. Big I don't know picture. if anybody thought they could win 40 games. Yeah. Except for guys on that team. Yeah. Well, and even through the season, there's just a when you when you have that many new players, a new pitching coach, new assistant, top assistant, and Steve Rodriguez to go with David Pierce, who made those changes. Felt like even though they'd gotten to Omaha, they needed to to shake things up on the coaching staff and bring some new voices in. Um, obviously, Troy Tulowitzki's no longer a part of the staff either. So just so much change, and so you had to assume there would be an adjustment and a you know growing period for this ball club, and uh, to see them hoisting that trophy and winning the Big Twelve championship on Saturday. Pretty special, pretty special for the Longhorns. And David Pierce just finds ways now at this point because another Big 12 Conference championship on his resume and still a lot of baseball to be played for this Longhorn team. So we'll talk about the good, bad, and ugly from the Horns. Uh, Texas softball, talk about beating the Aggies twice. That's always good. That's a good thing, yes. Yeah, not just beat, not just clinch and get on to Knoxville, get to the Supers, but do it against the Aggies back-to-back, 2-1 to and then 11-5 to yesterday. And I saw some video. There were some typically obnoxious Aggie fans on the front row that were just – Causing problems. Over were they the hissing? They were hissing. It was all kinds of a mess. So if you were out there for part of that, let's hear your thoughts on a good, bad, and ugly. Uh, poor Aggies chance as the Aggie season comes to an end. Also, uh, Texas State softball season ended over the weekend. Uh, Longhorns have advanced. Uh, part of the good, bad, and ugly from the weekend. Uh, as we mentioned, the NBA. How about uh, the Miami Heat last night? This team, this culture. At, at this point, nothing. They, I mean, if they win the NBA championship, it shouldn't be a surprise. I think Denver would be the favorites at this point, but uh, who's going to doubt the Heat? Eric Spolstra, Jimmy Butler, and this team because uh, 
and they're 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 better than the sum of their parts, right? I mean, this will there's just one superstar on this team. I mean, and maybe their head coach and their you know is is a superstar too. But in this day and age of super teams and all stars combining to to be you know powers, it's it's rare to see a team like this Miami Heat group that do it as a team, do it as a collaborative, and build around one superstar. Yeah, when your star doesn't have a good night and the rest of your guys on the bench outscore Gabe him, Vincent, that was incredible. Gabe Vincent, twenty nine points. Duncan Robinson, twenty two points. And let's also add to that the Boston Celtics are disintegrating. Oh uh, yeah, uh, as we can't speak. hit open shots. I mean, they were getting open looks from three, and they were miss, missing wide-open shots all yeah. night. Well, and then afterwards, of course, Joe Mazzula, the head coach, who kind of well, Eventually, seen... he had to take some of the blame, and he finally took some. Yeah, he's admitted there's a disconnect in the locker room. And we asked that question last week after, remember, they, they blew the fourth quarter lead, where they got blown out in the second half against the, Cel- against the Heat in game one, uh, that 46-point second quarter, third quarter. And we talked about Joe Mazzula never took a timeout, never made an adjustment. Um, just allowed the team to flail, and uh, then afterwards blamed them essentially, and blamed you know said no, I had them prepared, we were prepared, we were ready, and um, you know we wondered aloud if that was gonna you know seep through that locker room. Is did he just throw us under the bus when that dude didn't call a single timeout when the Heat were getting hot and going on a run? Uh, just allowed it to happen. And Joe Mazzulla, at 34 years old, youngest coach in the league, just kind of seems like. He's in way over his head with that Boston Celtics job. But, you know, they're in the West Eastern Conference Finals. But in the end, these are the biggest games of your year. And he doesn't seem to have a very good grasp of that team. And Well, he's a young coach. I mean, young coach, yeah. He is the youngest, so. Well, you don't know with a young coach like that until you get to points like this. Right. And it's pretty clear. Yeah, look, I think it's been clear in the series with Atlanta and then the series with, uh, you know, with the Philadelphia 76ers that you, you can't take games off. You can't take quarters off. You have to make adjustments. You have to keep keep playing. And that's what we said when this series with the Heat began. You know, you're not playing Doc Rivers and James Harden now, right? Though you're not going to see the the Heat are a different animal. The Heat are a different culture. They won't take a quarter off. They won't take a. Well, it doesn't matter off. what kind of coach it was. A veteran coach like Doc Rivers, I mean, going to struggle against this group. This group is really good, and their coach is good. Their players and all the parts are really, really solid for the Heat right now. Doesn't matter if you're. I don't care if you know who's coaching any of the other teams. That guy's he's just good. Well, and they know exactly how they want to. They how want to. Well, what they me, want to do. You know, we talk about individual quarters, individual games, but what Eric Spolster does is season long. It's a culture. It's a. It's right. a. It's built. He's made the, his bench players into stars. Right. It's something that's built all over the off season and into the entirety of the season, and how they compete at practice, and how they they develop you know role players as you talked about, and the edge in which they he coaches with and they play with. This is what I think the Celtics have lost because remember the Celtics were in the final a year ago and lost to a. You know, historically great Golden State team with Ime, uh, you know, Yudoka uh, leading the team, and of course he brings that San Antonio Spurs culture and that stuff. When we see this Celtics team falling apart, that's that's long term stuff. That's stuff that's been that's not been taken care of, you know, way back. And that's just a young coach that uh, they handed the reins to that doesn't look like he's going to be up to it in this team. Let's not let the players off the hook. You know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they know what it takes to get there. They've just run into an absolute monster. Do they run it back? Where they have to shake a major shake up in the offseason? If they don't win a game, then they may not get, they don't look like a team that wants to fight back in this series. They certainly didn't last night as they got blown out of the building in, in Miami. Uh, I think Joe Mazzula will be out if they if they go if they four get snubs, and yeah. I just think Brad Stevens will look at that and say, We need this team, this roster. I don't think they blow up the roster. I think the roster has shown to be talented enough. I think you I think Brad Stevens should take back it, like BGM possibly, and the coach. Possibly or you know, go out and get a. There are good veteran coaches on the market right now, you know, experienced coaches that have been there. 
is good. You know, like a Mike Budenholzer in Milwaukee is still available. Uh, Monty Williams still is out there from Phoenix. I mean, there's names. Um, you, know, you just doesn't feel like Joe Missoula is uh, is ready for that. Uh, and you know, you've been in Boston, Buck. You went to college. That place is a cauldron. Uh, that sports town will eat you alive if you're not. Uh, well, it's going to eat up a young coach yeah. for sure. Yeah, it is. Whether you're coaching the Red Sox or you know the, the New England doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That place is is tough to coach. And uh, afterwards, after the game last night, he admitted that there's a, a disconnect going on within our locker room. They're not all bought in, which is the opposite of what you're seeing with the Heat. Obviously, they are completely connected and as well coached as anybody. Oh, look at this, Aggie Heifer. See, that's not very nice. We got to call call people Heifers. What is it? Uh, is it uh, Brad Kellner in the house? Downtown Porter Brown. Yeah, Porter Brown had a great weekend. We'll run through the uh, the heroes for the Longhorns and their run to the Big Twelve Championship. It says David Pierce should be the Big 12 Coach of the Year. This was his best coaching job since he's been at Texas. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree either. Well, this week will be announced uh, the Player of the Year, um, Coach of the Year. All that will be announced ahead of this Big 12 tournament, so we'll be keeping our eyes on that. And, yes, David Pierce with the, the conference championship, uh, with, with all the change and all the new faces, has to be considered for sure. And we'll talk about some of the heroes for the Longhorns. Uh, talk about a well-coached and well, well-managed team. This team checked every box against West Virginia. We'll talk about that coming up. You know, we talk about the uh, the guy who's going to be the Big 12 Conference Player of the Year. Longhorns never let him get off this uh-uh. weekend. He didn't have J.J. Weatherholt. No, he never got going. Well, because, you know, we'll talk about, they, they look, they, they did everything they needed to do. They were just so well-prepared for this series with West Virginia. It is a complete 180 from the team that played Oklahoma in that, that series on the same field a month earlier. Uh, that's a lot of improvement that team showed down the stretch here and a lot of grit that that team showed. We'll talk about the Longhorns, your good, bad, and ugly from the weekend as we get your Monday going. It's uh, B&E. Ty is here as well. You are here. Craig Way has a report coming up, plus some B&E facts of the day. First, we get a quick timeout. It's Bucky and Aaron. Good, bad, and ugly on a Monday. Weather kind of ugly over the weekend, but uh, cooler, though. Cooler, though. Temperatures dropped. But uh, kind of a good soaking rain weekend. We needed that. Uh, but un- but fortunately, with all the raindrops, got to get all the games in, uh, including Texas baseball with a three-game sweep of West Virginia that wrapped up on Saturday evening. Uh, Texas softball with a sweep of uh, their regional. Austin FC with a big win Saturday night. Uh, Round Rock won all their games at the Dell Diamond over the weekend and broke a skid and won three straight Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Only loss of the weekend came last night with the Milwaukee Admirals winning at HEB Center at Cedar Park. Or it would have been a really great weekend uh, for the local teams. Uh, but, yeah, Milwaukee got the win last night, so the Texas Stars season is over. Ty, I did see and I saw some text yesterday, last week that Milwaukee, their their parent club, didn't make the the, the Stanley Cup playoffs so they dropped some of their top players onto this team to help them advance in the Calder Cup playoffs, which obviously the Dallas Stars could have done that, but they're playing. They're playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs, so you can't send players down. Are they, play- are they really playing? Well, they've lost two overtime tough ones. We're not good starters, Bucky. <laughs> we're second We're second half of the series kind of team. Two overtime losses for the Dallas Stars over the weekend at Las Vegas. and the, you know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
It's all right. And long series. Coming home. Coming home for the next couple. We're not the Lakers. We'll, we'll, we'll win a game at home. We'll win a game at home. But, yeah, so Milwaukee was able because they're – I don't even know who their parent club is. But uh, they were able to uh, – Probably like Columbus, yeah, something they, like that. They didn't make the playoffs, so some of their top talent joined the Milwaukee team, which maybe tipped the scales, and they win it in five games, won 5-2 to two last night. So that ended, but everything else went pretty good for the local teams, including the Longhorn baseball team. And, you know, we previewed the West Virginia team and what had it's them – the Predators, is there – Nashville. Yeah. Nashville Predators. Uh, so, I mean, why was West Virginia in first place, you know, coming into the series at Dishfalk Field? I mean, they're just a good ball good ball club, without a doubt. Uh, they'd won 15 games uh, coming into this series, and the Longhorns needed to take all three and then get, get some help from Oklahoma, which they got on Friday. Oklahoma beat Oklahoma State, and that gave the Cowboys the loss that, that both teams, Texas and West Virginia, needed. But uh, you talk about – if you go back to a month ago when they got swept by Oklahoma, Buck, Texas basically did everything wrong, right? The, the offense was lame. They didn't take great at bats. And then we know the pitching staff struggled with walks and oh, you know, yeah. putting runners on base. And, and you know, Oklahoma's a, a you know, Skip Johnson team. They, they, they push the base paths. They play a fast tempo. They like to steal bases and create runners and create runs. You can't walk them. You can't put them on base and let their run game get going. Uh, Texas did that all weekend long. And in the end, Oklahoma came in here won three games, and it really was the, the low point of this baseball season. But since that point, the Longhorns have just grounded it out and gotten better. And here you come against a West Virginia team who's very similar to Oklahoma. They uh, had well, over 130 steals on the season. They're a team that likes to get runners in motion, get runners on base. They don't hit for a ton of power, but they you know they like to run. Well, Yeah, they put the ball in play pretty much. Well, the Longhorns jumped on the the West Virginia pitching staffs to such an extent, because this is where I think you know David Pierce or any manager behind the scenes would say, you know, you can point fingers at our pitching staff for walking guys and, and not throwing strikes and all this stuff, you know, creating base runners. But you're on the offensive side, you guys can score runs too, right? You guys can be more aggressive with the bats. You guys can take better at bats. You're part of this too, and that was part of the Oklahoma series uh, where the Texas offense really didn't come to play that weekend either, and you give Oklahoma credit. But in this series... I mean, think about this. Your top three players in your order, Jared Thomas, the freshman, uh, Peyton Powell, and Dylan Campbell. By the way, Dylan Campbell's program record hit streak continues coming off the weekend. But those three guys at the top of the order in these three games, 21 for 41. They batted They went, They went. batted 500. They uh, scored 18 runs. They were on base over and over and over. And every time the lineup turned around, Jared Thomas was having a great at-bat. Peyton Powell was doing something positive. Dylan Campbell was a tough out. And that led to uh, Porter Brown and Eric Kennedy and the guys behind them uh, you know, driving in a ton of runs. Porter Brown had eight RBIs in that uh, second game of the series, uh, you know, or the first game, one of them. I mean, so that's, that's how you score 29 runs is your top of your order is getting on base. And what that also did, Buck, to, to play with leads, I mean, they had a big lead in every game. Well, that takes the running game away because a team's not going to try to steal bases when they're down four or five runs, right? They're not going to do that. That's going to that's going to yeah, limit. Yeah, takes them out of their comfort zone. Takes it out of what they want to do. Uh, so now that the running game is neutralized, and then of course West Virginia came in with the conference's player of the year in JJ Weatherholt. They also did a great job against him. He had a couple of hits in the series, but really did very little damage, uh, which was a great thing. He came in as we said, batting four sixty six, and he had fifteen home runs. No, they didn't stolen. come anywhere to letting him take control nope. of the game. Nope. It was just a it was a resounding effort by the Longhorn baseball team front to back. Pitching was really good with Lucas Gordon and then uh, uh, LeBaron Johnson Jr., Tanner Witt, and then Travis Staley and the rest of the staff on Saturday. When, uh, you coached the game a long time, Buck. When, when, when a team 
the whole group comes together like this group did over the weekend with with still a lot of baseball to play, you have to feel fr- pretty good about uh, you know the the way it's been directed and where they are because uh, that's what it's about. Well, they're taking to the teaching, that's for sure. Yeah. And they, as we said earlier, we'll hear this coming up in our coach's corner. But uh, for to the to the, the player, they talked about that Friday loss in the first game of the doubleheader to San Jose State being a real kind of I'll say kind of a lackluster call. effort. Yeah, really. well, because well, from the Oklahoma series, right, where it was just the low water part that ended on you know April twenty second. You know they they went and won the series at TCU in Fort Worth, took two out of three, lost the Sunday game, but took two out of three in that series, won the Kansas series. Despite losing the opener, they still won two out of three there. They handled UT Arlington. They handled Texas Southern. So they put themselves in a position with San Jose State where you just got to sweep this team. They're not a very good team. You got to sweep them at home. And they let that first game get away. They're up four to two in the yeah, eighth inning and lost it. That. Lost it six to four. And they went to, they had a whatever will happen after the game and in the locker room. And what I heard from the players, you know, with Roger Wallace on Saturday in the celebration was, you know, we were holding each other accountable. It wasn't about David Pierce yelling and screaming. It's about us. We understand. And they went out and outscored San Jose State twenty-four to three, and then eighteen to six, and that carried right over into what we saw mm-hmm. this past weekend. And this is a team, as we say, go to Ar- going to Arlington that has a chance to do some damage. And whether they get to host a regional or have to go on the road with, with that lineup, Buck, when you when you're talking about going one to one, I mean, I don't want to leave the bottom of the Although order. they're tough outs now. I mean, you're going Jared Thomas, Peyton Powell, Dylan Campbell, Garrett Gomet. Gomet didn't have a great weekend with the bat, but, you know, Porter Brown picked him up. Eric Kennedy. Uh, on the, the one piece of bad news on a good, bad, and ugly Monday for Texas is that Tanner Carlson, who had been such a nice you know pl- uh, player for them in that lineup, yep. he broke his forearm, but hit by a pitch and uh, uh, broke his ulnar bone. He's going to be out four to six weeks, so his season likely is over, but... Uh, uh, somebody else will have to step up in that spot. But they have plenty of offense. And when they pitch like I – because, mean, again, David Pierce would tell you this, any coach, if your offense plays like that, it just makes it so much – your pitching staff can just go pitch and and relax and pitch with a lead. And uh, it was a it was just a really nice team Yeah, effort whether you Texas. get down two or three runs with that offense, you're not worried. You just can you know calmly do what you have to do. And it does feel like a team that for, for the first time this year is playing with an absolute edge. They, they, they believe. They know they're good. They know it's about just playing good baseball, clean baseball, and for the first time, I think all year we saw yeah, the they need offense. To get a regional. We we saw the offense match the pitching, match the defense, and the other positive is Tanner Witt. I don't know that you can understand or state that they've kind of slowly brought Tanner Witt along, and he's still at about a forty pitch limit, and he pitched three scoreless innings on Saturday, uh, and you just wonder what his role becomes as they get into the tournament time. We compared it when he came back to the kid at Oklahoma last year, Buck, who. Had the same procedure, the Tommy John surgery, and Oklahoma worked his worked him back in. And uh, by the, by the time they got to Omaha, Buck, he was starting for them. Yeah, because he had pitched sooner. He came back sooner, I believe. A little bit sooner. Yeah, but the same trajectory, kind of out of the bullpen. Right. Um, you know, it's short starts and you know working your way back, working the arm strength up. And uh, that young guy ended up being their one of their ace pitchers when they got to Omaha. I don't know if you can. You know, trace that with Tanner Witt, but man, what an addition that would be! Whether it's at the top of the you know rotation and starting pitcher still, or at the back end, however they feel like they need to use Tanner Witt, looking more and more like he is uh, going to be a big. Well, factor. he looks more comfortable on the mound. Yeah, he's well it's because just, you mean you haven't been there for a while, and now you've been there. Yeah, you got to get your your mechanics sure. right. Got to sync it up, build the confidence, see some live batters, and uh, Tanner Witt has certainly done that. And uh, what a what a piece he is! So right as the team is kind of coming together. You, you're adding this piece, who can be one of your better pitchers here into the month of uh, May and into June even, 
with the Texas Longhorns. So, lots of like about that ball club. We'll take your thoughts if you're part of the huge crowds at the Dish on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Also with the softball win over the weekend at McCombs Field. Great weekend for the Burnt Orange, no doubt about it. I know Craig Way will have more on that here coming up. Uh, also, Bucky got a new puppy. Oh, Ty boy. won a bunch of bets. Where'd you go, T.Y.? No, you didn't? You didn't have a good weekend? No. Not Did a I good that? No, I was just assuming. No. I had, I had Corey Connors to win, so I I'd kind of, you know, hit my max on what I wanted to bet for the week and, and was riding Oh, Sunday you have that. a max now. Yeah, I'm trying to be smart these There you days. go. Limit, limit you're, losses. You're, you're creating a threshold for yourself. I there like you this. Go. I like that, too. I like this. I, do you know, by the way, we get to Colorado Mr. Football. Professional Gambler, do you know what the odds would have been had you taken the Miami Heat to make the finals before the playoffs began? As oh, an before the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, I'd have to imagine probably like 16, plus 1,600 Golly, to 2,000. That range. If you had the cojones to lay a little bit on the Heat to win the NBA championship as an eight seed. Maybe even more To get to the championship or just to win? Either one. Either Either one is good. Even to win the Eastern Conference. Before this round started, they were probably like plus 650 to get to the championship. Like no one expected them to to do what they're doing right now. I mean, they I didn't. And it's an incredible run. I mean, they dispatched the top-seeded Bucks. They beat the, you know, they're on the verge of beating the two-seeded Celtics. They went through the, you know, five-seeded Knicks. Uh, They're beating quality ball clubs here. And obviously, if they get to the finals, they're likely to face this Denver team that I mean, I don't know how you, their offense is so damn efficient. I don't know how you stop a team when, when Jokic is the point guard and Jamal Murray's playing like he is, then the role guys are stepping up. I mean, the vision of, jo- of Nikola Jokic, Buck, uh, you know, delivering passes on the right spot to the right people, I mean, makes that team almost indefensible uh, because he's so skilled as a big himself. But then the passing, he's like, he's like a big man, but he's Magic Johnson. It's unreal the way he uh, distributes the ball to open people. Um, he almost demands a double team when he's in the post, and as we've seen them all, all series. These guys are knocking them down, too. When they get these open That's shots, right. they're knocking them. That guy Porter is, like, ridiculous. And they're letting LeBron shoot. Right, keep letting him shoot. Oh, and, yeah. then, and then Jamal Murray, I mean, he's the second superstar. He really is. And uh, when you have those two guys who can finish, you know, games, and like like Jamal Murray was the, the catalyst in their game two victory, Nikola Jokic was the tip of the spear in the game one. Uh, then game three, can they kind of all contribute on the road, and the Lakers kind of lay an egg in that fourth quarter. Uh, this is a really impressive Denver team. So yeah, and they're going to try to get rid of them in four. All, all the Lakers fans out there, I, I want to hear where your where your confidence meters at today. You know, you're talking all that trash last week. Let's you know, I, a little quiet today. Uh, they they are no match right this now. This will for not Denver. be a long. This will be over with shortly. You know, I, th- I thought the Denver. I thought the Lakers would show up more than they did and finish better than they did on Saturday. In that game, uh, game three, I, I, my only prayer was uh, as picking the Lakers was they were going to win these two home games, get it back to Denver. But but right now they their don't. best chance was game two. I mean, yeah, they, for sure. That, sure, that was the best you're going to see out of out of the Lakers. Well, in this and ju- well, and that was a game two in which their two superstars didn't play well at all, and Jamal Murray came up and had a historically great fourth quarter and scored 23 points and couldn't miss. So. Uh, it says something special with Denver. All right, we'll come back with some B&E facts of the day. We'll continue to take the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. I want to hear from you. What say you? 512-337-3776. First, the voice of the Longhorns. It's Bucky and Aaron. B&E on a good, bad, and ugly Monday. What a weekend it was. Recapping it with you. And coming up in our next hour in our Coach's Corner, we're going to hear from uh, several member of the Long- members of the Longhorn baseball team. They pulled off the uh, the sweep, dominating sweep of West Virginia to claim the uh, Big 12 championship. Well, their share of the Big 12 championship. But uh, David Pierce has now won three Big 12 championships in the last five seasons. 
And um, there is a group out there of hashtag Fire David Pierce group that uh, we're never really happy with his hiring anyhow that are always looking for reasons to uh, to move on from who I think is a really good coach. But uh, David Pierce, once again, has his team sitting atop the Big 12 Conference, and they'll head to the Big 12 Tournament as the number one seed. Uh, also next hour, we'll let you hear and we'll tell you the story of Michael Block. Buck. Michael Block, the club professional, the PGA professional from California, who had the hole in one yesterday. But let's just we'll tell you that story. But Buck, this is a guy when these guys get invited to play in the PGA Championship because it's a PGA, it's put on by the PGA of America. I mean, they they rarely make the cut. <laughs> like they don't they don't usually oh, no. play into the weekend, much less play with Rory McIlroy on Sunday and make a hole in one. Uh, well, he's getting his just desserts, and it's one of the great stories of the golf year so far. Uh, also, Brooks Kepka, Buck, the first live golfer to win a major championship. Just in, when he's when he's healthy and at his best. Oh, he's one of the most talented, if not the most talented player when he's healthy. Yeah, he's an all-timer. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Can I give you a couple of numbers on Brooks Kepka? And I'm not saying he's Tiger Woods. I'm not. I mean, I'm not telling you he is. But at the same time, when he plays in major championships, Buck, major championships in Brooks, Brooks Kepka's career. He wins 14, wins 14% of the majors he has entered. Tiger Woods won 16% of the majors he entered. He finishes in the top three 25% of the time. Tiger was 28%. Uh, he finishes in the top five 39% of the time in his career majors. Tiger was 36 And top 10 50% of the time, Tiger was 45%. Obviously, Tiger played in a lot more majors at this point. Yep. But that's Tiger-esque as far as when I enter this major, I'm there to compete and, and likely win the damn thing. And 14% of the time... I'm in the top three? Yeah, 39% of the time he's been in the top five. Wow. 39% of the time. And look, he is—he just finished runner-up at the Masters. I mean, he was there with Scotty Scheffler. He did not have a good Sunday, but he was right there with uh, with Scotty Scheffler. Excuse me, with John Rahm. John Rahm won the Masters, but he was right there in that final group. And so yeah, he's he, had a couple tough luck Masters. He had one against Tiger yeah. when he was right there. Yeah. And just kind of folded up a little bit. But when he's there, though, and the the, the the pressure is the greatest and the courses are their toughest, he is at And the conditions best. are at their worst, too. He he's, he's fantastic with those bad conditions. Uh, be any fact of the day for the Celtics and the Lakers, teams that are down 3-0 in a series, zero for 149. And zero that's going to remain. for 149. Uh-oh. Neither the Lakers or Celtics uh, look like a team that want to uh, – to get out of it. How good is Nikola Jokic? You know, we see greatness. You need to uh, make sure you highlight it. But Nikola Jokic, with uh, his run in these post in this postseason, Buck, incredible. With four rebounds tonight in the game tonight, you have to assume he might get that in the first five minutes of the game. Jokic will get four rebounds. With those four, he'll become the second player in the history of the NBA with 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 800 assists in one season. Wow. He would join Oscar Robertson in 1961. You were six years old. I was just a child. The last time it was done. That's, well, not quite a child. That's pretty damn impressive, to say the least. Also, facts of the day, uh, ties Texas Rangers are 12 games over 500 for the first time since 2016. But their lead over the Astros, only two. Astros are keeping pace. What a, what a summer that's going to be between those two. Uh, look like the, the cream of the crop there in the American League West. Both teams are really hot in the Rangers, score more runs than anybody. They've uh, they scored double-digit runs in back-to-back games against the Rockies. No one has scored 10 or more runs in a game this year, more than the Texas Rangers have. And Corey Seager came back to their lineup. Jose Altuve came back to the Astros lineup as well. So it's going to be a fun summer with the Rangers and Astros in the AL West. We'll come back, pick these up, talk Texas baseball, the story of Michael Block, 
And, of course, Brooks Kepka. The Wanamaker Trophy. Yeah, Brooksy. A third Wanamaker Trophy for Brooksy. We'll pick all that up on a good, bad, and ugly Monday.